morning. Welcome to Barah Ministries, an intimate local Christian church with worldwide impact. My name is Pastor Rory Clark. Welcome to this Bible lesson. Who is Jesus Christ? At Barah Ministries, we know this truth, that Jesus Christ is God. The Apostle John knew it too and affirmed it again and again in his biblical letters, like 1 John chapter 5, verse 20, which says this, and we believers in Christ know that the Son of God has come to earth in human form, and he has given us understanding so that we may know God the Father who is true. And as believers, we're in union with the Father who is true, and we're in union with his Son, Jesus the Christ, who also is truly God, deity, and who is himself the resurrection life, eternal life. By this and by many other biblical affirmations, we know that we are worshiping the one and only true God. Well, why does Barah Ministries exist? <laughs> That's a great question. At Barah Ministries, we introduce people to the Lord, and we make a difference by teaching the Word of God verse by verse from the Lord's perspective and not from man's perspective. Barah Ministries is provided by God for the benefit of unbelievers to give them the gospel message, the good news concerning Jesus Christ's salvation offer. And Barah Ministries is provided by God for the benefit of Christians as well, for those of us who want a deep, intimate, and personal relationship with the Lord through the study of His Word. Well, why do we study the Word of God? We study the Bible to allow God's truth to shape our reality. False teachers bring lies in alongside the truth to distort the truth. And the Apostle Peter warns us not to be fooled. God doesn't expect us to have blind faith. In the Bible, the Lord provides us with evidence of his person through teaching from eyewitnesses. 2 Peter 1, verses 16 to 19 say this, For we, and that's Peter referring to himself, did not follow cleverly devised fables from false teachers when we made known to you, believers in Christ, the divine power and the news of the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. 2 Peter 1.17 For when Jesus received honor and glory from God the Father, that's when he showed up, showed himself to the apostles in his resurrection body. This utterance was made to him by the majestic glory. That's a reference to God the Father. This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. 2 Peter 1.18 And we ourselves, Peter again referring to himself and the other apostles that were with him, heard this utterance made from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Well, now that we have the word of God in writing, and Peter says it is more reliable than seeing things with your own eyes, 2 Peter 1.19 says, now we have the prophetic word of God, which makes us even more sure And to the word, you do well to pay attention as you would to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns, the day of the second coming of Christ, and the morning star, the Lord, arises in your hearts. Lies are always easier to believe, but the word of God illuminates our God in our hearts, making truth shine much more brightly than lies. God has an enemy, Satan, whom God made the ruler of this world. 
In John chapter 12, verse 31, the Lord says, Now judgment is upon this world. Now the ruler of this world, Satan, will be cast out. He will be dethroned from his rulership of earth at a future time. When you sin, when you make mistakes, Satan wants you to obsess about your sins. He wants you to feel guilt, to feel shame, to feel remorse, to feel embarrassment. So Satan focuses your attention on your sins to take your focus off of Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 8, Paul tells us how to handle those who sin. He says, I urge you to reaffirm your unconditional love for him who sins. Paul was talking about the man who had sex with his mother-in-law in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Do you choose to love unconditionally those in your life who make mistakes? If not, It sure says a lot about your character. Today's Bible lesson, Christians are lost, so we thank God. Christians are lost, so we thank God. Christians are lost. The Word of God is our compass, and we're ignoring it. 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 to 5 predict it and warn us about it. It says this, realize this. That in the last days, the time between the first coming of Christ and the rapture of the church, which is a really long time, Christ, difficult times, meaning complete social degeneration, will keep on coming. What will be the signs of this complete societal degeneration? People will be lovers of self, narcissistic, lovers of money, boastful which is an outward manifestation of an inner problem, arrogant, the inner problem, pride, slanders, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy. 2 Timothy 3.3, unloving, which means heartless, irreconcilable, which means unforgiving, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good. 2 Timothy 3, 4, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure, which is sensuality and debauchery, rather than lovers of God. 2 Timothy 3, 5, holding to a superficial form of godliness, a superficial form of the Christian way of living, although they have denied the divine power driving the Christian way of living's power. Why? Because they put their own human power behind it, instead of using the divine power that is behind it, have nothing to do with people such as these. Unfortunately, if we choose to obey this command, and this is in the imperative mood, when it says have nothing to do with people such as these, it's in the imperative mood. And unfortunately, if we obey that command, we really won't have many people in our lives, will we? Because everybody, virtually everybody, is operating that way right now. Why? Because people are lost. People have abandoned the compass, the Word of God. Even people who sit in front of the Word of God every week on a regular basis have completely ignored everything that it's saying. Don't believe a single word that it's saying. And if you're wondering what you're seeing, especially in yourselves when you look in the mirror, that's what you're seeing. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14 calls us as believers in Christ, to a higher purpose. It says this, We are no longer to be children. Immature infants is what the reference is in the Greek. Tossed here and there by waves, meaning easily influenced, and carried about, whirled around so as to become dizzy, is what the Greek says, by every wind of doctrine, false teaching, by the cunning of people, false teachers, in the craftiness of their deceitful scheming, moving us to a system of error, a system of error called the world. So that's what we have on our hands today. We have become children in adult bodies, lost, without the compass of the Word of God, not because it's not available, because we're ignoring it. We are hearers of the Word, but not doers of the Word. Yet the Bible calls us to a higher purpose, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 18 tells believers in Christ, we are to rejoice always. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, we are to pray without ceasing. 
which means make it a habit to pray. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, And we are to, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God the Father for you who are in union with Christ. And maybe you didn't hear me, so I'll repeat that verse. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God the Father for you who are in union with Christ Jesus. In today's Bible lesson, it will make sense to you why the Apostle Paul is giving thanks for a group of believers who live in the middle of nowhere in first century Turkey because they are doing just what the Bible suggests, unlike the believers in Christ in the present day. So let's hear some music. When we invest our gift of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we remember that tribulation is the way the Lord takes us to the spiritual gymnasium for a workout. And the last two years have been hell on earth for us, but not nearly as bad as the real hell. The trials of this new and oppressive life have us reeling and off balance and running completely on emotions. Yet Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 reminds us of a very important truth. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, we have faith as a gift from God. The question is, in whom or in what do we place our faith? For he who comes to God the Father must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It's always great to remind ourselves that nothing happens in the universe without God's permission, including everything that is going on in the universe right now. Well, here's Unspoken to remind us with their hit song, Reason.
Let us pray. We're grateful, Heavenly Father, for the privilege of studying your absolute truth, the Word of God. Father, thank you for the confusion. Thank you that we are lost. Thank you that you've blown, that we have blown an emotional gasket as a church and as individuals within this church. And thank you for letting us go so far off the track that we have no human way to recover, so far off the track that we can't even see each other anymore. Father, this is the perfect setup orchestrated by your enemy, Satan, and it offers you the chance to show the power of your person and the power of your word and the power of your approach to life, the Christian way of living. Help us to adopt your perfection. Help us to exit the powerlessness of the life being shoved down Christians' throat by the world, a pseudo-spiritual meal that we are more than willing to eat. We ask this through the power of God the Holy Spirit, in Christ's name. Say it with me. Amen. Amen. Today's Bible lesson, Christians are lost, so we thank God. Christians are lost, so we thank God. As we continue our study of Paul's letter to the Colossians, we see the Apostle Paul unfolding a treasure before our eyes that surfaces hidden gems all over the Bible. And studying this letter in depth will be like a journey into the mountains to mine for gold. Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 introduce the author of the letter. Colossians 1, 1 says this, A letter from Paul, an apostle of Jesus of Nazareth, the Christ, the Jewish Messiah. Paul, by spiritual gift, an apostle, by means of the will of God the Father himself. He did not choose this path on his own. God ordained this path for him in eternity past. And he decided to follow it. He just said yes to it. With Timothy, our brother, who is with Paul as co-worker and co-author, Colossians 1-2, a letter to the saints, those who are believers in Christ, and a letter to the holy and faithful brethren in union with Christ who are at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. In the next section of the passage, the Apostle Paul gives thanks to the audience to whom he is writing. Colossians chapter 1, verse 3. We, and that's Paul referring to himself and Timothy, always give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for all of you. And he's talking about the Colossian believers. Colossians chapter 1, verse 4. Because we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and we have heard of the unconditional love which all of you have for all of God's saints. Colossians 1, 5. Because the faith and unconditional love comes from the hope stored up for all of you in heaven, of which hope all of you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel message, the true gospel. Colossians 1.6, the gospel which has come to you, just as it is also coming throughout all the world, the gospel message that keeps on bearing fruit and keeps on increasing, even as the gospel message also has been doing among all of you since the day all of you heard of it and truly understood God's grace. And that's one of the great things about the gospel message is that it gets you clear if you're paying attention to it. That it is God's grace that saves you and no merit on your part could ever do that. Now you've heard these things of which Paul speaks in those first few verses, faith, hope, and love, the things that motivate Paul to give thanks. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, but now faith in God and hope, which is absolute confidence in self and unconditional love for others, abide in the sphere of these three Christian virtues, but the greatest of these Christian virtues is unconditional love for others. Why is love the greatest of these virtues? Because selflessness is the thing that makes our God different from his enemy more than anything else. Colossians chapter 1, verse 7. Just as all of you learned the gospel message from Epaphras, our beloved fellow bond servant, who was a faithful servant of Christ on our behalf, Colossians 1, 8, and Epaphras also informed us of your unconditional love in the spirit. That's the Greek term in pneumati. Well, why is Paul giving thanks? It's because teachers love students who follow directions. God, the Holy Spirit, is a teacher. He is the master of all teachers. 
Your pastor is a teacher, and teachers love when students benefit from our instruction. It's been a long time since I can think of a time when any student of mine benefited from my instruction. It's been a long time. Well, I'm looking for the evidence of students benefiting from my instruction because I see a lovelessness that's operating at an alarming rate, even within this church. And I see a group of people swept up by the world. And I don't, it's confounding me. It's got me to the point where I want to quit. That I just want to take a leave of absence. I just want to walk off into the sunset and get my blood pressure under control because it's making me nauseous. And if I become your enemy by telling you the truth, so be it. It needs to stop. It has reached epic proportions for me. Maybe you like it, but I don't. So when we return from the break, we'll take a deeper look at the message of 1 Corinthians, chapter 1, verses 3 to 8. And just because we give thanks for the present circumstances doesn't mean we need to become the world. Take a five-minute break. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. With all the other not quite, will all the never get it right. But it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time. Cause I'm just a nobody. We're trying to tell everybody. All about somebody who saved my soul Ever since you rescued me You gave my heart a song to sing I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus When Moses had stage fright And David brought a rock to a sword fight you picked 12 outsiders nobody would have chosen And you changed the world Well, the moral of the story is Everybody's got a purpose So when I hear that devil start talking to me Saying, who do you think you are? I say, I'm, I'm just a nobody I'm Trying to tell
Welcome back. Today's Bible lesson, Christians are lost, so we thank God. When we give, we present an offering voluntarily without any expectation of return compensation. We can give our time, we can give our talent, we can give our treasure. And even though we expect nothing, the Lord does not honor our desire to get nothing in return. He always gives to us in abundance. John chapter 10, verse 10 tells of our dilemma. The thief, Satan, only comes to steal and kill and destroy. But I, the Lord Jesus Christ, come, that believers in Christ may have the resurrection life, and I came so that they might have the resurrection life abundantly. As a result of the Lord's generosity, we learn not to have a mindset of scarcity when giving. So as you give today, give without fear. Give abundantly, knowing that the Lord, with the Lord, you will always get more than abundance in return. As we listen to the offering song, let's give generously.
Welcome back. Today's Bible lesson, Christians are lost, so we thank God. Christians are lost, so we thank God. Let's take a look at Colossians chapter 1, verses 3 to 8 in detail. Colossians chapter 1, verse 3. We, Paul referring to himself and Timothy, always give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for all of you Colossian believers in everything. We give thanks. Colossians chapter 1, verse 4. Because we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and we heard of the unconditional love which all of you have for all of God's saints. Why did Paul admire and give thanks for the faith of the Colossian believers? Because their faith is in Christ, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Their confidence is from the source of him. Their faith is not placed in the world in its leaders, and its circumstances. And that's what believers in Christ are doing today. We're all walking around, whining about COVID, like little babies, like we don't have a sovereign God at the head of the universe who who allowed this to occur. We're talking about the leaders of the country, and we're whining because everything's not going our way. Instead of understanding that everything that is happening It's happening because of the Lord Jesus Christ allowing it to happen. And he's allowing it for a purpose. And the purpose is Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 5, tribulation taking us to the spiritual gymnasium. And we're complaining about it like if all of a sudden Satan's kingdom became something other than it is, which is Satan's kingdom, then all of a sudden our life would be magnificent. It wouldn't. We don't even listen to the things we're hearing in the word of God. We played that song that just, we just played, Unconditional Love. Any of the Christians in here know what that is? Ever exercised any of it lately? Because that's serious. That's what makes us different from the world as Christians, that we actually know how to exercise unconditional love. You're certainly standing in front of a person who knows how to execute uh, unconditional love. Because I haven't gotten to be a pastor in a really long time. I'm a therapist now. All that happens in my life is people calling and whining about life. You want answers? Listen to what we're talking about here every week. These are the answers. This is what God is sending as the answers to what's going on in the world. This is the antidote. Oh, I'm worried about whether I get a vaccination or not. Why is that? Why are you worried about it? I got one. I'm still here. Why are you worried about it? Where's your faith is the question. And that's what Paul was giving thanks for. He's giving thanks for people who know how to put their faith in the right place. Because when I got the vaccination, I put my faith in Christ. I believe he's powerful enough to take anything out of a vaccination that would be harmful to me. I believe that he gave me a number of days a billion years ago, and I don't believe for a second that it was in his plan to take me out with a virus. I don't. I just don't. So call me crazy. Call me the freak. And I I just don't understand this whole thing. Oh, well, the government comes in and they're taking all of our money. Yeah, I had that for two years and I have it big. You know, everybody thinks being wealthy is is very wonderful. It's wonderful until you don't have any money. It's wonderful till that point. Because the funny thing about the bank is they still ask for the $6,000 of mortgage every month. Whether you have any money or not, whether you got a stimulus check or not. I didn't get any stimulus checks. It's kind of funny. But my faith never wavered. I knew that I was going to be taken care of. How about you? Because I actually believe this stuff that gets written and said every week. This actually means something to me. Because I know that my faith is in Christ. And I know that he did not put me down here and then forget about me. I know that he's not operating from a distance. I know he is who he says he is. He is an ever-pleasant help in times of trouble. You want to have some fun? Get on YouTube and type, type in, religion is bullshit. And you'll, you'll see about a 10-minute clip from George Carlin, the comedian. And it's one of the best things I've ever seen in terms of an unbeliever 
talking about why he doesn't want to be a believer in Christ. Now, unfortunately for him and his uh, eternity in the lake of fire as a result of the decisions that he made, unless he got lucky somewhere along the way and had one second of sanity and believed in Christ, unfortunately for him, he wasn't talking about Christ. He was talking about Satan and the world. And all the things that he says in that video are about Satan and the world, but all of them are attributed to Christ. And it was brilliantly said, and those of you who have an an ounce of teaching in your soul, when you see that, you'll know exactly what the truth is, and then you'll have to thank a pastor for that, that you know what the truth is, the truth that sets you free. So these Colossian believers, a group of believers in the middle of nowhere, had faith that was not placed in the world, not placed in the world's leaders, who at the time made the current leaders in the United States look like choir boys. The Roman government was awful. They didn't place their faith in circumstances. They didn't place their faith in environment. They fixed their eyes on Jesus. And they look to him for direction. Do you? Is that the source of your direction? Are your actions in line with what his directions would tell you? He gives all of us, as believers in Christ, direction through his complete set of thoughts in the word of God. And he bothered to write it down. And he bothered to provide you with people who would teach it to you. And he wants you to use it. And he gives us God, the Holy Spirit, to lead us through the tribulation of the present time. Now, you would be hard-pressed as believers in Christ to say that you were worse off today than you were when the COVID situation began. Maybe mentally you are, but that's not to say we haven't had tribulation either because there are believers in Christ that I know that have had unspeakable tribulation in their lives in the last two years. We've had a person that we care about very much, lose both of his parents on one weekend to COVID, allegedly to COVID. And we've had uh, uh, a woman that we really love find her son dead in bed. There are unspeakable things that have happened to us over the course of time. But one thing has not changed. God has not stopped loving us. God has not stopped providing for us. He hasn't. But we forgot. What is God's purpose in tribulation? To give him a chance to work all things together for good. That's a promise from the sovereign God of the universe. If the President of the United States makes that promise, it means absolutely nothing. If the sovereign God of the universe makes that promise, it means it's going to get fulfilled. And he's real patient. Simultaneously, he is showing us the true intent of his enemy. Did did it ever occur to you that that's what this whole COVID thing is about? For him to show the true intent of his enemy? For him to show us exactly how a tyrant works? Because that's what we're seeing. Oh, let me suggest that you get a vaccine. And that turns into, it's mandatory or else. Does that sound like God? I didn't hear you. Doesn't sound like God to me. Doesn't sound like the God that I worship. The God who gave me will and who allows me to use my volition as I see fit. A God who says it was for freedom that I set you free. So keep on standing fast in the freedom and don't ever again be entangled in the yoke of slavery. The true intent of our enemy is to kill us, to steal from us. And what is he stealing now? Our joy, our rejoicing. So much so that we don't even give a shit about each other anymore. I'm tired. I personally am tired of being treated like a thing. I'm not a thing. I'm a person with feelings, real feelings. I need therapy too. 
and he wants to destroy us. Our enemy wants to destroy us, and he's succeeding. And not because he's any good, but because we're allowing it. Well, here's what I have to say to Satan. Have at it. You want it? Take it. The things of this world are nothing, and Christ is everything. This stuff doesn't mean anything. How about you, fellow believers? You ready to give up? Ready to give it to him? Because that's what I see. What is it exactly that you value? Who do you value? Does your life demonstrate what you value if what you value is Christ? The demonstration of faith is unconditional love toward others. Love for others is action-oriented. And one of the best actions is to share the gospel message with others, the good news concerning Jesus Christ's salvation offer. What is our program within Barah Ministries to share the gospel message with anyone other than this lesson, which takes no effort on your part? What's our program? There's a reason we have empty seats here. It's not because we don't have a good message. I get to hear this every week. I heard a guy tell me today, yeah, we got 12 guys together, and, uh, you know, we, we decided to meet one hour a week, and we got 12 guys together, and we talk about God. No sign of a, a, of a Bible lesson. We talk about God, and the next thing we knew, it was 120 people. In three months, it was 120 men. Hmm. Wonder how that happened. You know what? I, I'm going to find out. I'm going to find out exactly how that happens. When people crossed the paths of the Colossian believers, specifically those of the church of Laodicea and Aeropolis, they could feel the faith the Colossian believers expressed as love. That's really something when you can feel unconditional love. Colossians 1.5 Because your faith and unconditional love comes from the hope stored up for all of you in heaven where the Lord lives. Your hope is stored up in a place where moth and rust don't destroy, a place where no one can get to or affect what has been set aside for you in eternity, of which hope all of you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel message, and they actually believed, the Colossian believers actually believed what Paul was saying. The Apostle Peter affirms our hope in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 5, saying this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us believers in Christ to be born again. He caused us to be born again, the spiritual birth, into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 1 Peter 1.4 Allowing us to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, and will not fade away, reserved for you in heaven. 1 Peter 1.5 You, who are protected by the power of God, divine omnipotence, through faith, you're protected by God. You're worried about COVID? You're worried about the world? You're worried about where Satan's kingdom is going? You already know where Satan's kingdom is going. It's going to hell. It's going nowhere. You're worried about it? You think he's going to change it? You think a tyrant is going to start treating you like a free person? Not hardly. You, who are protected by the power of God, divine omnipotence, through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. You already have a so great salvation, but all of it has not been revealed. The glory part has not been revealed when you get your resurrection body. But it's coming, and it was promised by somebody who has never broken a promise in the history of the universe. This is who we worship. I feel like Vince Lombardi. Vince Lombardi was an American football coach who won five NFL championships in nine years. And every year when he would come into the locker room after a championship, he would say, gentlemen, this is a football. And what football is about is blocking and tackling 
and taking landscape from somebody else. Well, Barah Ministries, this is a ministry, and what it's about is Christ and his word and not your little petty conflicts and your petty I don't likes. The faith in God and the unconditional love for others comes from hope in self, not hope derived from merit that's on the inside of any of us, but hope derived from the divine power God has given us. And the more you learn to appreciate yourself, the more you will learn to appreciate others. I don't believe you heard me, so I'm going to repeat that. The more you learn to appreciate yourself, the more you learn to appreciate others. Maybe you didn't hear that. So maybe I need to say it again. The more you learn to appreciate yourself, the more you'll learn to appreciate others. June, that should be a song. I'll bet you that you could come up with a song overnight titled that. Christianity is a set of blessings, perfect blessings, total blessings, a fullness which needs no addition or subtraction. We believers in Christ know this is our fate. This is our destiny. What is it? Perfection. At the moment of salvation, we were given perfection. At the moment of salvation, we were made perfect. Everything that was wrong with us was completely eliminated and is now gone. Do you see it? Do you see that in yourself enough to influence the world with it? Do you see the light in yourself? Are you so busy turning it off with your stubbornness that you can't see anything but you? Do you see it? Or do you forget? Yeah, we forget. We forget everything we hear from this pulpit two minutes after we hear it. Because we go right back out into, into, into the world and spend the next 164 hours soaking up everything it's telling us and completely forgetting that we have a mission, that 12 people changed the whole planet, that 12 people evangelized all over Asia without a car. They walked. And we got problems. Okay. Colossians 1.6, the true gospel, which has come to you Colossian believers, just as also the true gospel is coming throughout all the world, all of Asia, he meant, the gospel message that keeps on bearing fruit and keeps on increasing, keeps on, keeps on, keeps on, it just keeps on. It keeps on with or without us. It just keeps on growing, keeps on growing. And the way we like to distort it, it's just unbelievable to me. Just go through the television and watch people. And what, what's Christianity all about? Rooms packed with Christians. And all they're interested in doing is waving their hands and shouting and talking. That's not what Christianity is all about. It's not about talking. It's about receiving what God has to give. And then taking what he has given us and giving it to others. That's what it's all about. And it's not about singing. Sorry, June. You're good at it. It's not about waving our hands. It's not about working. It's not about having multiple spiritual gifts. We can't even figure out one. We don't worry about five. God expects us to grow. That, that just took care of stubborn, didn't it? That just took care of complacent, didn't it? That just took care of sit in one place and do nothing, didn't it? He expects us to grow. Grow by means of my grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Grow. Live. Grow in number. Grow in influence. That's what he means. I don't blame you, Larry. I'm looking at the clock, too. 
even as the gospel message also has been doing among all of you since the day all of you heard it and truly understand God's grace. The gospel is a message from God, and he always provides a messenger. How do you like the messenger today? Colossians 1.7, just as all of you learned the gospel message from Epaphras, our beloved fellow bondservant, the Greek word doulos, who is a faithful minister of Christ, a diakonos, a deacon, on our behalf. And Epaphras also informed us of your unconditional love, that, be, that being in the Spirit, in Numadi the thing that God the Holy Spirit has given to you. False teachers are encouraging Christians of the day to look beyond the gospel for more. False teachers are doing the same thing to Christians today, asking us to look for more. There isn't any more. And we are listening to them. We're turning our churches into concerts. We're turning our churches into jokes where you go into a church and for an hour you don't hear a Bible verse, but you see a band and you hear men begging and you hear women preaching the word of God when they don't have the gift of pastor, teacher. It's a masculine gift. Well, what's the biblical proof for that? Well, look in the Greek. Pastors and teachers is in the masculine gender. I don't know why God would have done that. Maybe he did it because he's clear. And we're not. But there's plenty for women to do. Run in your own lane. There's plenty to do. So. Our hope. Our false hope is that somebody will come in and rescue us from COVID. Our hope is that we'll elect a leader who has some integrity. We're begging for it. Please, could somebody give us a human being that we could follow? We're so eager for it. Perfectly teed up for the Antichrist. Perfectly teed up for it. Please, somebody just get my life back to normal. And in comes the charismatic Antichrist. And he says, oh, we're all in this together. Let's just have, let, let's not fight. Let's have one world religion. Let's have one world currency. Why should we try to figure out all the different currencies? Why do we need nations? Why don't we just all be a global community like the UN? One world currency, one world religion, one world government. Let's just have one. So funny. It's so funny how Satan is the, the biggest schmuck on the planet. He hasn't got a creative bone in his body. What is he going to do? He's going to pretend with multiple religions, and then he's going to copy God. Let's all be one. Because everything with God is one. And eventually everything with Satan will be one. He has no idea that he already lost. And it's not because he doesn't know. It's because he's too arrogant to listen. His ears are closed. We're waiting for somebody who will have an answer to the madness. Well, I don't know why we're waiting for somebody who has an answer to the madness, because we already have somebody who has an answer to the madness, Christ. And those who don't think so are anti-Christ, against him. And that's a shame when that's believers in Christ. Thank God that we can give thanks in everything, even for being lost, for that is God's will for us. Well, the closing moments of our lesson today are a chance to remind 
unbelievers in our periphery that God wants you. And what God wants from you is that you make the most important decision of your life. The sovereign God of the universe, the Lord Jesus Christ, wants a relationship with you. He sends evangelists to you to bring you the good news concerning what he did to save you at the cross. And unfortunately, God has an enemy who sends evangelists to you as well. 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 to 3 say this, False prophets also arose among the people, just as there will also be false teachers among you, who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. 2 Peter 2.2 Many will follow their sensuality. In the Greek, that means their shameful ways. And because of false teachers, the way of truth will be maligned. 2 Peter 2.3 And in their greed, which is their desire to pervert and distort and destroy, they will exploit you with false words. The destructive heresies of false teachers are schools of philosophical deception designed to lead you to spiritual ruin. When a person evangelizes to you, they're leading you to a gospel message for your consideration. They know they can't convert you, although the pressure you experience from some of them might feel like that's what they want to do. False evangelists are giving you facts to consider, and you have to decide if the facts are true or false. For example, if you've ever had a Jehovah's Witness come to your door, they are evangelizing to you. If you ever had a member of the Church of Jesus Christ and Latter-day Saints come to your door, they are evangelizing to you. Is what they're telling you true? Unfortunately, both of these groups are inviting you to share eternity in the lake of fire with them. Because neither of these groups believe that Jesus Christ is God. I have family members who are part of one of these religions, and in spite of my best evangelism efforts, my family members don't want to hear anything that God has to say to them through me. Many parents are leading their children to an eternity in the lake of fire. If you want to assess whether or not you're a good parent, just ask yourself a simple question. Are you influencing your children to have a relationship with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? sovereign God of the universe. God the Father has a plan to get you to heaven. His name is Jesus. He is the only way to get to heaven, according to John chapter 14, verse 6, which says, Jesus said to the doubting apostle Thomas, I am the way to salvation. I am the truth through the word of God, the gospel message. I am the resurrection life. And no one comes to God the Father in heaven, but through believing in me. If a gospel message makes it sound like you have to work to get to heaven, it's a false gospel message. Romans chapter 11, verse 6 says, We don't have to work to be saved. If salvation is by grace, a free gift from God, and of course it is, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace as a free gift is no longer grace, is not free. Romans chapter 4, verse 4 says, You can't work for your salvation. It says this, Now to the one who works for salvation, his wage for his work is not credited to his account as a favor from the grace of God, but his wage is credited as what is due for the work. Unfortunately, your hardest work is not perfect enough to earn you a spot in heaven. What can you do instead of working for your salvation? Acts chapter 16, verse 31 says, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and everyone in your household who also believes. John chapter 3, verse 36 warns, He who believes in the Son has the resurrection life right at that moment. But he who does not obey the command to believe in the Son will not see the resurrection life. Instead, the wrath of God, the lake of fire, abides on him. John chapter 3, verse 17 highlights Jesus's mission. For God the Father did not send God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, into the world to judge the world, but the Father sent the Son into the world that the world might be saved through him. Well, who is this God that saves you? The Apostle Paul describes the Lord Jesus Christ in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4. I, Paul, deliver to you as of primary importance the gospel message I also received, that it was Jesus Christ who died for our sins according to the Old Testament scriptures, and that he was buried, 
and that he was raised from the dead on the third day according to the Old Testament scriptures. Take the free gift of eternal life right now. There's no time to waste. Just remember, God wants you. And if you want to go to heaven, when you close your eyes in this life, simply believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. Well, let's close with music. God wants many things for you, but two are prominent. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4 say this. This is what is good and acceptable in the sight of the God who is our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ who desires all men to be saved, and who desires for all men to come to the knowledge of the truth. Lord, you saved us. And as June Murphy points in song, it's all because you wanted to. to set me
Thank you, June. That's a beautiful song. Let's acknowledge the magnificence of our almighty God. Psalm 95, 6 says, Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. Psalm 95, 7, For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and we are the sheep of his hand. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Therefore, my divinely loved ones, be steadfast, be immovable, and keep on abounding in the work of the Lord always, knowing that your labor is not in vain in union with the Lord. Romans 15, 13. Now may the God and Father of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of God the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Almighty God and Father, help us get our wits about us as Christians. Help us to regain our compass, the Word of God, and help us to listen to the Word of God and to actually believe what it says and to become doers of the Word. And let us get rid of all thoughts that are being raised up against the knowledge of you. Help us to see with spiritual eyes and give us spiritual wisdom. And let us uh, remind us on a regular basis that you are navigating us through the situations that we're in here in the world, and we're not doing a thing. We ask this through the power of God, the Holy Spirit, in Christ's name. Say it with me. Amen. Amen. Thanks for coming, thanks for watching, and thanks for listening.